This is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation Broadcasting. Back here, it's Studio 1A. We are, of course, in the heart of all things. That's Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Back again for episode 278. 278. And I am flying solo today as Julie is off. Uh, I've got a big show to get to, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time. When Julie gets back, I got a lot to get into. We've been off for a couple weeks, and there is an explanation for that. So we've got a lot to talk about. When Julie gets back, there was some flooding, there was some trips, there was all kinds of stuff. But that's for the next episode. Today, we've got a super exciting episode. I just said I've been traveling. I had an amazing trip last week to Chamonix, France. And Chamonix, France is the site of one of the best, most amazing ultra trail races in the world. UTMB. I was out there with my good friends from Hoka. Hoka took me out there and man, it was a incredible, incredible week. Uh, amazing races. Uh, Chamonix is just a beautiful part of, of the world. Um, I'm going back. I'm going back. Whether Hoka invites me back or not, I- I'm going back. It was an amazing week. Uh, and excited today, we're going to talk about that trip. Uh, first off, we've got two guests. First off, we're going to have Karen Merlin of UTMB. She's going to join us to talk about what I witnessed out there uh, last week there with Hoka. And then also, um, I'm going to have Steve Doolin. Uh, Steve is uh, VP of Global Commercial Strategy at Hoka, and he was out there with me, and he was my host, one of the many folks uh, at Hoka who hosted me out in Chamonix, France. Uh, for an amazing, amazing week. If you haven't heard of UTMB, uh, this is a really going to be a really interesting episode for you. If you've heard of it, uh, probably even more of an interesting episode for you uh, because you know it and you know how powerful, how amazing it is. Uh, I had just kind of learned of it. I'd, I've heard of UTMB, but I just really learned the specifics of it and all the different races uh, when I got there. So, Amazing week. I recommend everybody, uh, if you get a chance to go out there, whether you're into running, into skiing, uh, it's a beautiful, like I said, beautiful part of the world. Um, and I was just really lucky to get a, to get a chance to go out there. All right. So with that set up, first we're going to bring in Karen, and then we're going to bring in Steve. So next up from UTMB, Carolyn Merlin joins us here on Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now I'm excited to be joined. She's all the way across the world or in my view, across the world. It's Karen Merlin. She is UTMB's World Series Marketing and Communication Manager. Karen, thank you for joining Pace Nation. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you. Well, I really appreciate you making this happen. Uh, For our audience, this was supposed to happen previously. Karen was so helpful in trying to get this thing done while I was in Chamonix but we just couldn't make it happen. I was missing a podcasting piece and Karen, I mean, you, you were at the, we were at the expo booth and then you walked us over all the way through beautiful Chamonix to uh, where you were doing interviews at the uh, post race. You were really trying to make it happen. I really appreciate it. I owe you big. So thank you for uh, finally coming on with Pace Nation. My pleasure. I'm glad that we get to do this. And um, we try, I tried hard to you make did. it happen. I tried everything I could, but, but we did. couldn't quite pull it together. But you did. Anyway, so but we're here. To, but so we're here. Yes. And, and we're talking about UTMB. Um, so uh, 
I had just an unbelievable experience. Uh, I'd never been to Chamonix, France. I'd never seen what I saw in these ultra trail races that is UTMB. In your words, describe for the audience, what is UTMB and what did we see last week? Yeah, what a week. Yes. It was uh, just incredible. Um, so UTMB, I think to explain it, we have to kind of take a step back and go to the start mm -hmm. uh, of UTMB. Um, I'm Hopefully all your runners know about it, but in case they don't, UTMB started as a race around the, the Mont Blanc. Um, and it covers three countries. So you start in France, you run through Italy and Switzerland and arrive back in Chamonix. Mm -hmm. And it first started in 2003 um, and kind of became this mythic race of uh, the Paletti family started it, uh, Michel and Catherine Paletti. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it started with 722 runners took to the start line. And, and that's 60, 2003, 2003. Yeah. Wow. And, okay. and 67 ended up at the finish line. <laughs> so it was just a killer race and, and kind of got this reputation for being so tough. You know, it's 171 kilometers. It's 10,000 meters of elevation gain. Um, and now you have to do it within 46 hours. All right. So for our American audience, this was the first race and there was a series of races that happened. Plus you're involved with another series of races that we'll get into yes. 171 kilometers, about 105, 107, six miles, something like that. Elevation is ridiculous as well, right? Yeah. So it's 10,000 meters of elevation gain. Wow. That's about 33,000 feet. Mm hmm. And and, so, you said, and you said they could finish that, that is you get a time limit of forty eight hours, um, forty six yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the fastest runners, hikers, walkers, whatever these people are? What so, are they coming in? At? Yeah. yeah. So this started as, um, you know, this is there's a trek around the Mont Blanc mm -hmm. and um, it usually takes people seven to ten days is what they do it in. Wow. So for the standard hiker, you know, hiking at a, at a decent pace, it's seven days. So and, just to give an idea of what, what they're covering in such a short period of time. And, and, and world renowned, uh, uh, ultra runner Killian won the race. Any idea around what his time was? It usually takes the mere mortal seven to 10 days. What did it take? Yes. Him? So he actually broke the 20 hour barrier, uh, this year. And it was uh, 19 hours, and I can't remember exactly it, how many minutes. Uh, it was 19 hours something. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, and 19 hours and 49 and 49 minutes. I mean, he's running the whole thing was just which is just insane. And, um, and it was such a battle. It was it was one of the most exciting uh, races of the UTMB that I think that we've had. I mean, each year is exciting for different reasons. But this year, we, it was such a battle between Jim Walmsley, who had moved to France, you know, to to get closer to the mountains, to get to really take on this race. I mean, he's won Western states. He's conquered that. And now really his goal is to take on take on the UTMB. And Killian came back for this race. It was his fourth time winning but the whole time there was no clear up until like the last I want to say like 10 kilometers we didn't know who was going to win you know yeah. it was just like this constant battle and each one had their moments of strength each one had their moments of struggle and it was so exciting the the whole time and up front it was super exciting but this is not just about the fast runners this is a no. battle of wills for <laughs> folks who are trying to just complete it in 46 hours, how many people finished the, or just roughly how many people finished the, the 171 kilometer race? So, uh, 2,300 runners took to the start and I want to say, um, there are about 1,800 that finished, but I 1800 need to finishers. Check on Yeah. So it's just, I mean, there is a rate of attrition that you, you either just can't get the cutoff time or frankly, you just can't, I mean, you're out there and sleep deprived and fueling's a big thing. It's just hard to finish this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, a big challenge and the, the time constraints are, are pretty, pretty, um, you know, steep. So, and you just have to keep, keep going, keep pushing. So <laughs> it was, um, and on the women's side as well, it was a really fun battle to Katie Scheid, um, the American runner, uh, she came in 
number one, but again, it was between her and um, Marianne Hogan and uh, another Canadian runner. So, you know, it was just, there was no clear runaway. It was yep. just really, really a big battle. So yeah. that's, and that's the UTMB race. That's the race around the Mont Blanc. There's also eight other races that take place during the, the UTMB week, starting with the PTL, which is the Petit Trot de Lyon. And mm-hmm. that's a 300 kilometer race. And the racers start on Monday and they have just until Sunday evening to finish. And the wow. first runners start to come in for the PTL on like the Friday, Saturday, on the Saturday. Yeah. And it was just a series of, I mean, just, and if you haven't experienced it as a runner, uh, you know, that is, uh, that's fair. Cause it's in, it's a really hard race to do a hard race to get into, but just to experience it, just to be a spectator. I mean, I was sitting there with, with some friends who, with Hoka, we're watching people finish all through uh, the evening and the night at a bar, drinking a beer and people cheering them on. The energy is just unbelievable there all week. Yeah, there's really this camaraderie, um, this special energy that takes over Chamonix uh, during UTMB week. And it's just becomes, the, you know, this this great place of welcoming runners across the finish line. And, you know, I get goosebumps even just talking about it because it's so exciting. Like you say, it's not just the elite runners who finish. It's, you know, the mom crossing with yeah. her daughter. And it's just like to participate in that and participate in this event in someone's life is so special and to have that encouragement from everyone that's in the village just cheering you on to the finish line is just so so special and we will tweet out and instagram out some some pictures and stuff that i took uh, at pace the nation on both twitter and instagram so karen uh this is not the only race that you work on there's 25 events uh you can check this all out utmb.world um it's a circuit of races tell us about the circuit yeah, so the idea behind the UTMB World Series is to create um, the a circuit of the best races in the world and most iconic destinations and to bring the UTMB experience uh, to everyone around the world. And that also we create a sports system that offers more equality and more chances to athletes um, and also combines both elites and amateurs. Mm-hmm. So to do that, we've created this World Series circuit with 25 events in 16 countries um, and that invites runners to, to live a UTMB experience uh, closer, closer to them mm-hmm. and start on their quest towards the UTMB World Series finals, which is the UTMB Mumble. Okay. And, and, so that, yeah. and how do they qual- how these runners qualify? How do you get involved? Some of, some of the listeners here right. in Washington, D.C. who are yes. ultra runners – who are ready Where do we to even start? Yeah, yeah. So you first start by um, to participate in the UTMB Mont Blanc lottery because it's a it's a draw to mm-hmm. be to be a participant um, unless you're one of the elite runners, and we'll mm-hmm. get into that in just a second. Yep. But yep. Um, for the for the majority of ultra runners, you need two things to participate. You need a UTMB um, running stone at least one running stone and you need a UTMB index and how you get, uh, how you collect UTMB running stones are on at UTMB world series events and you collect them in function to the number of kilometers. So for the 20 K race, you get one running stone for a 50 K race, you get two running stones for a 100 K race, you get three running stones and for a 100 miler, you get four running stones. Okay. Um, and then a UTMB index is to, to validate that you're capable of running the distance that you want to run. So for example, let's say you, Chris, want to run the, uh, want to run UTMB, you need to have run at least, you need to have at least collected one, one running stone and also run uh, a distance of 100K or 100 miles to prove that you're capable of going this distance. Okay, that is okay, all right. And, and, and there's, uh, there's about 4,000 races in the world where you can validate your UTMB index. And, and, and let me just ask you, and you're getting, you're getting a lot of people signing up for this. Like uh, you're talking about these stones that you're collecting along the way. And then you got to validate uh, with a 50 K or a 50 or a hundred K there is 
a thirst. There is a want for this. There's a lot of people who are, who are doing these type of events. Is that the case? Are your races selling out? Yeah, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger and, um, people are more and more excited to live the experience and, and start their quest. But it's not only people that, uh, want to go to UTMB Mombo. It's not Mm -hmm. just people that want to run CCC or OCC. Um, it's also people that want to have that UTMB experience uh, and that organizational standard, um, the high level of security, mm-hmm. the you know the true UTMB experience, but in different different places around the world. So it's not only it's people that want to get to Chamonix, but it's also people that just want to have an incredible experience out on the trails. Wow, this this it just this this market, this ultra running market is growing so much. It's it's amazing, um, and the ultra uh, elites and uh, th- that are running these races, they get in a different way. How do you get in if I'm Jim Walmsley who runs for Hoka? Right. So UTMB. Um, so then on UTMB events, the top three. Uh, elites from each uh, category, race category, gain automatic qualification to the UTMB World Series Finals equivalent. So Mm -hmm. that's on a 100 miler, it's UTMB. On a 100K, it's CCC. And on a 50K, it's OCC. Got it. And Jim's probably not a good example. He's getting in any race that he he wants to. Um, So, but uh, what what makes you know, these series of, of races different than, because this is the best of the best. What, what makes them different than any other ones in the world? Well, I think it's really, you know, the, the history and the, and the quality that the UTMB brand brings to, Mm -hmm. to any organization of of an event that they organize. Um, You know, it's the, the knowledge of what runners need, what the security um, the organizational standards, but also the, the values of sustainability, mm-hmm. the values of community and, uh, and caring that, that UTMB really brings as well. And I think one of the strengths too, is that where UTMB isn't, the goal isn't to make UTMB Chamonix in every place we go. It's mm-hmm. not to have a completely standardized, you know, homogenized, experience is that we really want to bring the best of what the destination has to offer yep. and combine that with the best of what UTMB has to offer. Yeah. And you, and you did, and uh, you know, I, you can't duplicate a Chamonix. I mean, the, the, just the, it, how beautiful it is. Uh, it's challenging. I ran, I ran, I, I, I did, I, I didn't run, I, I would run about 171 meters, not 171 K. And it was difficult running up those, some of that terrain, but it's, there's that that destination is unlike anywhere in the world and that's a huge part of it too it is so special but it's also i think you know we're looking at what races are have something special to offer as well so mm-hmm. it's not just it's really making a a story and an uh, an event around the around the trail races yeah and there's one thing that we didn't talk about and that's also um <clears throat> excuse me, is the UTMB World Series majors, which right. are the continental finals. So you have events, fi- um, majors, and then finals. And so the majors are what allow you to also double your running stones. Um, and the top 10 elites qualify for um, for automatic qualification for UTMB as well. Got it. Okay. Uh, and you can check all this out. All this information again is utmb.world. Um, what's your relationship with Hoka? I was there with Hoka. Hoka's amazing. They're 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 with with you on all the series of races, right? Yeah, Hoka's our our premier sponsor, our our top sponsor, and you know it's kind of a this great match of um, they're born in the shadows of the Mont Blanc. Their yeah. first races were. You know, we're getting runners to test out their their shoes um, at the expo here. So it's been really fun to see, you know, the how fast Hoka has just taken on and been, you know, um, adapted, not adapted, yeah. but um, but welcomed by trail runners and that they really found something that that uh, trail runners identify with because they're trail runners to begin with. So, um you know, and one of the founders, 
Nicolas Mermou. He yep. he's a longtime UTMB uh, race runner. So yeah, all the founders were there. All the founders are there every year watching the race. Nico, Jean Luc, Christophe, all of them were there, and they. Uh, I mean, this is they're authentically this UTMB, which I think is is really cool too. So I, I the partnership is just so perfect. It really is. And, um, you know, they bring, they bring so much to it. And I think it's just such a natural, uh, a natural partnership too, that, um, we work, we work really well together. All right. So I hope you get some time off. You were crazy busy. Every time I saw you, you were running the expo <laughs> floor, you were interviewing people, you were talking in French, you were talking in English. I mean, it was insane. So I hope you have this week off, but what's next? What race are you going to next? Where, where, where are you headed with UTMB? Um, well, let's see. September, we have three races coming up. So um, we're getting ready for Wiedstrobel, which is in Switzerland, mm -hmm. in the Oberland Alps, and uh, in Colmontana, if um, you're your listeners are familiar with mm -hmm. that um so this is a a new a new race to the to the circuit and it's just it's called vegetable and it really lives up to its name of being pretty wild it's off the beaten path it's um uh you know just these beautiful beautiful swiss peaks um and the picturesque uh, alpine villages and um you know cowbells and yep. grazing in alpine pastures so that we have that coming up um in two weeks and then julian alps uh, by utmb which is in slovenia in kranska gora um with the beautiful like blood and there's so much to see and it's going to be another really really exciting event um and we have nice Côte d'Azur, which is coming mm -hmm. on the heels of that and then more internationally and for your um for your listeners is puerto verta which is coming uh, end of october okay. as well a little closer um, by here yeah States, a little closer yeah. nice yeah. and sunny and warm yep yep um and there's a 100 miler a 100k a 50k and a 20k uh on offer and you know running up through the through the forests and um through the jungle down through the agave fields and next to the beaches um, and been really working with them on, they're really focused on bringing in the, the Mexican culture, the Mexican traditions to that, wow. um, to that race. I think it'll be really, really fun one. Um, we have UTA also on the lineup. So ultra trail Australia, um, wow. the second largest, uh, trail event, uh, in the world. And, um, so that'll be coming, uh, coming up soon uh, end of october as well um so that's another one we're really excited about another one too that blends so much cult local culture um you know you come up around the forest and there's someone playing a didgeridoo and just have one of those amazing panoramas and so um and then we have the asian um the asian major um which is Doitanan by uh, Doitanan Thailand, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, which is going to be another great event. Um, so uh, where people can double their running stones and live a really authentic experience. And this year um, is the year of the Buddha, and so we have a special permission to run to the top of uh, Itanan Mountain, which is the equivalent uh, elevation gain. Mm -hmm. Is the altitude of it is the exact same as the year of the Buddha? So that's why. Wow. So there's so there's so many and there's Kulamanen in um, in Sweden uh, in November, which is kind of like our Barkley. It's kind of one of those known for just being so, so tough. Um, the that's another big one that all that it's sold out, but it's it's going to be another fun do, one. To, do, and we have um, for your American listeners, we have. Some, yes. Uh, some good uh, American races coming up uh, also in 2023 um canyons out in california okay uh, i've heard of canyons where where is where is canyons <laughs> canyons is in auburn california okay it's out um you're actually running kind of backwards on the the loop of the western states nice. so it's one of um and so that's, uh, that's the 28th really cool. through the 29th of april uh, of april okay of april and then we also have uh speed goat um name for carl speed goat Meltzer. 
Okay, all right, hold on a second. So what came first, the race or the shoe? Did the shoe get named because of the race? I assume the race was first. You know what? You're asking you a really know. great question, the chicken or the egg. I yeah. don't, I'm, I'm going to have to ask about that. Okay, all right. But, but uh, uh, all I do know, Karen, is I was running around those mountains in the Speed Goat, an amazing Hoka shoe, uh, the, the trail shoot that they have there. They're, they're, and that's Carl uh, Meltzer's uh, uh trail shoe uh so yes. speed goat all right so speed goat i interrupted go ahead no no so speed goat is uh in july is july 21st through the 22nd um and that's uh at snowbird so uh another really challenging carl creates some really really intense uh intense races that people just can't get enough of so um that's another one that really lives up to its nickname and mm-hmm. um and then it's a it's a good one for those for those shoes so I, I guess if we don't want to travel across the the pond, then we can uh, we can go to these lo- these somewhat local races. That's great. That's good to know. Yeah, awesome. And the full calendar can be found on UTMB.world as well. Awesome. Do you travel to all these? Uh, I can't travel to all of them. Yeah. But uh, but uh, going to as many as possible. That's yeah. Amazing. Just because it's it's so fun to get to be a part of and and also to be able to speak about the events, to have experienced what it's like uh, on the finish line of Val d'Aron and to see, you know, the, the beautiful green peaks, you know, that rise up just right from behind the little tiny village. Um, it's, you live it so differently when you've, you know, you could talk about it so differently once you've experienced it. That's, um, it's so true. It is so true. I, I have a different I have a different perspective just experiencing it as a spectator than I would have, uh, you know, before going out there this past week. Um, well, that, this is all amazing. You live in France. Where do you where do you live? Yeah, I live in France. I've okay. been out here for um, I've been in the Alps for about 18 years now. OK. And wow. um, I live I don't live in Germany. I live on the UTMB loop. Okay. So I'm in the okay. Comte de Montjoie is what it's called. It's a tiny little village of about 1,000 people. And um, it's the second, technically third village that people run through on the, on the UTMB loop. But wow. But awesome. yeah, it's a great little, great little spot. Great, great spot. Well, Karen, I, I really appreciate this. Uh, this has inspired me to start training. I've done the JFK 50 miler. A lot of our audience, you know, knows the JFK 50 miler or has run the JFK 50 miler. And this has just opened my eyes to this world of all these amazing events that you uh, help put on. So um, thank you for that. And thank you for making the time. Uh, we tried to uh, do it so many times, different times when I was out there. But uh, it's great to great to have you on at uh, 1700. Is it over there? 1700 yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, Karen, awesome stuff. Uh, Karen well, my is. Pleasure. Yeah, Karen is the UTMB World Series Marketing and Communication Manager. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And um, if anyone needs more information about UTMB World Series, head to our website, utmb.world. Sometimes I get so excited to talk about it. I don't (laughs) I don't go into enough detail and I kind of, uh, you know, you forget to plug where they can get the information. Yes. Yes. yes, Utmb.world. Yeah. But and for sure, we'll get you on the trails. I'm sure of it. Yes. That, um, That, you know, that feeling of you know, running up to the top of a mountain and running along the crest. There's nothing like it. it there, there is nothing like I do road marathons. There is nothing like it. I, I might be a convert. I can't believe this. I'm <laughs> saying that, but it is you've inspired me. So um, awesome stuff. All right. Karen Merlin, UTMB World Series Marketing and Communication Manager. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. There she goes. Karen Merlin joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now I'm very excited to be joined by the VP of Global Commercial Strategy at Hoka. It's Steve Doolin. Steve, how are you? I'm really well. Thanks so much uh, for having me on the show. Thank, you. Thank, you, for ma- thank you for making it, it work. Is, it, is, it, is, that, is that the correct title? I think I pulled that from LinkedIn. 
VP yeah, I think that global, global commercial partner, strategy. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, but yeah, that is it. it. Is. Well, um, I, I before we jumped on, I've told the audience about uh, you know what an awesome week I've had. So I don't know if you're the in the event planning business for Hoka. Probably not. But it was an amazing week. So I just. I've got a lot of gratitude. Thank you. Uh, what a trip to UTMB, man. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for, for taking the time out of uh, your busy life, I know, to yeah. join us for uh, you know, a few absolutely magical days. It really, They really were. And we're going to talk about your UTMB partnership, uh, Steve, with, with Hoka. Um, but yeah, I mentioned VP of Global Commercial Strategy. Uh, what what is what is that? What is it that you do at Hoka? A lot of our, our our listeners know Hoka, but not everybody knows who Hoka is. Well, uh, Hoka is still a young upstart running shoe brand. Um, you know, roughly thirteen years ago, they sort of presented themselves to the public at UTMB. We'll probably come back to that in a few minutes. Yep. Um, and we've we've grown quite a bit, obviously, over the course of uh, that twelve or thirteen year span. Um, my role has sort of evolved. Um, over that time period, I, as I think you and I chatted about, I was, you know, right place, right time in 2010. Uh, I was one of the first individuals to sort of support the brand, was a sales guy here in the U.S. Um, and really sort of went from, you know, an independent rep, um, had an agency at one point, was asked to join the brand internally mm -hmm. um, about five and a half years ago, um, led some of our strategic accounts. And that role sort of morphed over the course of time to you know, really working with a lot of the commercial leaders across the globe and just making sure that we're on a clear and consistent strategy, as you know, hyper-focused on run specialty and specialty yes. businesses in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, carefully adding what we think of as you know, some of the larger format retailers that we think are going to really help bring our brand to a broader audience. Um, so I do that with uh, a number of different um, individuals across the globe. And then, you know, we have some sort of big data stuff that we're starting to really think about in terms of what is driving consumer decisions? Where is it that we have consumers across the U.S.? Uh, sports marketing actually reports into me, which is okay. sort of the link for me to UTMB. Um, and that's probably where we'll spend a bit more time. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of different things that I have the, the privilege of uh, doing, but I get to work with our marketing, merchandising, and product teams uh, pretty consistently, which is really energizing and exciting. Yeah, and you've got a lot of energizing and exciting products for sure. I'm running and um, I was running actually in the uh, Speed Goat, running the Arahi, awesome stuff. So it's just 13, it's crazy uh, that it's only 13 years old, the brand, and, and you've been with them. What number of employee were you for, for Hoka? Uh, most people refer to me as employee number one in the U.S. <laughs> okay. um, so there's, there's obviously some critical individuals that were in Europe. Uh, actually creating the product, I, I just happen to be okay at uh, going out there and taking no's and being yep. really consistent with, uh, hey, this actually is going to make a difference and um, you should eventually try it. So and, and there, uh, and there were, is probably my key trade. There, there were a lot of no's in the beginning, Steve. There were a lot of no's, but your rise in the specialty space has been incredible over 13 years. How did it happen so quickly as you, you're I mean, maybe number one or number two in, in, in our, in our channel of especially run. Um, you know, I think that the, the, the piece that to me is sort of what links me back to the brand is, um, or, or really made me incredibly passionate about it at the outset was quite simply when I took my first step in a pair of hokas, mm -hmm. it felt noticeably tangibly differentiated from anything else I'd ever worn on my foot. And I wanted to understand why that was. And, um, Fortunately, the founders were not too far away. They were in the Salt Palace. Um, when I laced those first shoes up, I walked over, I found them, and they literally explained sort of their process around um, how they had gotten to the design that was that original Hoka, right? 13-ish uh, mm -hmm. years ago now. And so for me, that sort of connection to a thing that made the experience better was a driver um, and made me ultimately believe. Um, and so... You know, off we went and, um, you know, certainly got a lot of no's um, in the early days. But um, this really ties us back to the UTMB piece. Yep. The first sort of subset of runners that said yes were ultra runners uh, and yep. trail runners. And, and to me, it really the, the thing that it meant um, was, you know, if you're going to go run 100 miles, it is in many ways a bit of a battle of attrition, right? Like you have to preserve your body. You have to get the right energy. You have to prepare, obviously. Uh, correctly, and then you have to have the right equipment. Um, and this was a tool, I believe, that could make that experience better. Um, and ultimately, that's been borne out. And I think you know that that ultra running community 
was ultimately the first to say, I don't care what it looks like. I know this works because I can feel it every single day. Yeah. I run it off. Yeah. And we had a uh, Karen before we just had Karen on from UTMB. She talked a lot about the partnership. Let's get into that a little bit because, well, well let me tell, let me, let me ask you about the founders, Jean-Luc, Nico, Christoph. They are authentic to UTMB and ultra trail running. Tell us a little bit about them and how the, how they came up with this, you know, thick midsole that looked different than anything else on the market 13 years ago. Yeah, they, um, each of the individuals is uh, unique and worthy of days of time. Um, mm -hmm. They, the, 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 probably the two pieces that I would connect them most highly around is they have a clear understanding of how it is that a piece of equipment can make the experience better. And that drives them day in and day out. Uh, I think that's the first piece. And the secondary one is they were doing adventure races in the 90s uh, and early 2000s. Um, and they discovered, you know, 20 years ago as, you know, trail racing was really starting to build in UTMB, um, came to be, um, that this was a, an opportunity to go and do another race, another event. And that, that's very much how they saw it, um, mm -hmm. you know, in chatting with Nico, um, over the last week here in UTMB. Um, the thing that I heard from him was, you know, I had done these seven, eight, nine day races, you know, to, to start in the evening and, you know, be home the next day in time for dinner. Like that sounds awesome. Um, which to me sounds a little bit insane. Um, but, but there you have it. Um, but you know, they, they got out there and they did it and all three have done UTMB and, um, they also had been sort of positing around this. Could you build an oversized shoe the way they build yep. oversized skis? Um, and they'd seen the benefits of side cut from snowboards and bring that into skis. And they'd seen, you know, oversized tennis rackets um, from Wilson or golf clubs from TaylorMade because they had R&D facilities within, you know, that Solomon facility in, um, in NC. And then they saw the rise of 29-inch mountain bike tires. And they sort of kept coming back and said, could you just build a bigger shoe? And yeah. what would happen? And that's ultimately, that, that was the driver, right? It was like, let's just go and do it. Um, shape foam, build it, see what it feels like to run in it. And um, that to me is the first piece is, Let's try to try and build a bigger shoe. And then the other piece um, was, you know, they posited as well that, hey, you know what, maybe going from these higher drop shoes, 10, 12, 14 millimeter shoes, which 12, 13, 14 years ago, um, wasn't sort of, wasn't a, you know, sort yeah. of gave the rise to what was minimalism, right? Like that was the yep. peak of Miswell well yep. in 2010. Um, and they came at it from a very different approach, which is, hey, let's actually create a protective enclosure. Let's allow range of motion. Let's put a lower drop height shoe uh, out there and let's also protect and attenuate that energy and that shock and let the person get out there and do the thing that they're passionate about. So that to me is sort of the interesting pieces that were all happening at the same time. Um, and yeah, here we are, um, you know, 13 years later. And, and in many ways, um, those philosophies have been adopted in you know a couple different places. So, uh, Chris, if you would put up a picture for the YouTube audience to see, I got a picture with Christoph and, and one of the original shoes, which was really cool to see when I was out there, uh, at, at UTMB. Um, so the partnership, Steve, um, why, why does it make sense for the brand? This is a huge deal for the Hoka brand. Obviously I could feel it. I could sense it. You could see it in the runners who were out there and the people who were wearing Hoka shoes as they were participating in UTMB. Why is it such a big deal for you and, uh, and Hoka, this UTMB partnership? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's, again, you know, a couple of different really clear things to me. Um, number one, you know, it was at UTMB in 2007, Nico's racing, Jean-Luc was crewing and, you know, sort of 70 miles in, he had to slow to a walk on the downhills because his quads were just blown out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was one of the moments that really drove them to go and be mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's go and build this oversized shoe. So there's this connectivity um, with these races or with that specific week of racing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that is, I think, in many ways, the pinnacle of trail racing events across the globe. So to me, it, it brings us back to where we're born. There's a really critical, authentic piece that I, that I as an individual who has never run an ultra marathon, but has an appreciation and a value and a desire to support that community, you know, brings our brand back. Um, to its roots, it reminds us of where we came from and make sure that we're continuing to build the best possible products uh, for this really passionate subset of runners that is growing across the world. And it also allows us to partner with, um, you know, the UTMB group, mm -hmm. which 
Um, they have a very clear vision about how they want to bring trail racing to the world. Um, and that's a, a vision that we at Hoka absolutely want to support and partner with. Um, and I think that the piece that to me has become so clear in getting to know the UTMB uh, group and, and the, the Palettis, the founders, Catherine and Michelle, specifically is the value and appreciation that they have for the trail racing community and for the experience that every single person that you know, crosses that start line and gets to the finish line, or, or maybe doesn't, the experience, the highs, the lows, the yeah. battles that they go through, and what that has meant to them as individuals. Um, you, you, I, I got that over time. Um, you know, when the conversation started now, almost two years ago, there, there were individuals on a screen. It was obviously the height of COVID. Um, and we got to know each other to some degree, but over the last year, I've been able to really spend time with them in person and value who they are and understand the vision that they have. And that has permeated um, Hoka, which I think is great. Um, and we ultimately want to support individuals that have clear visions and that are going to bring running to more people across the globe. Uh, yeah. In this specific instance, trail racing. And, and it seemed like you were winning out there at UTMB. I mean, you, you, your product was on a lot of runners. That had to be very satisfying for you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it wasn't it was impressive uh and you know it's it was across all i mean it was the, the the runners at the front the runners at the back the runners in the middle across all uh all all the communities of runners you guys were really relevant which was which was awesome um so uh I wanted to, to to quickly touch on more about Hoka real quick. Um, the consumer for our audience, you know, again, our niche audience of, of, we got, you know, a couple thousand listeners here who probably know you, but again, you, you, you're 13 years old, so you're not as well known. Who is your target consumer? You might not, you're not as well known as maybe some other brands who've been around for a hundred years. Who is your target consumer? You know, I think it just to sell to somebody that wants to move forward. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's walking, it's running, it's hiking. Um, and that person that's walking, you know, they could be walking in a distribution center in a warehouse facility. Um, they could be a nurse on their day, regardless of who that individual is. We know that, you know, what was originally just designed to, to be trail raced in that there's these benefits that really sort of, I don't want to say miraculously, that's probably too strong a word, but mm -hmm. have these clear benefits across anybody that, that walks. And I think, you know, on your side within Pacers, my guess, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that yep. there's a lot of people that walk through the doors, you address them, you're on the fit stool, you're helping them out, and they may not be ever going to run in the pair of shoes that you're selling them. But Most of them now. There. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's evolved. Most of them aren't even running. It's crazy. But there's a, a knowledge and a skill set that, you know, the team at Pacers obviously provides those individuals as a solution, right? And that for me is like, it's a solution that allows somebody to move. That is part of the reason that we want to, you know, remind ourselves of our genesis and our origins in Chamonix at UTMB and part of this, right? It allows us to go and, and reach more broadly to individuals that may never run a day in their lives and that's mm -hmm. okay. But ultimately they can feel the benefit of, you know, those sort of key design characteristics that we build into all of our shoes and let them walk or run a little bit or mm -hmm. hike. Um, so movement to me is really probably the, the baseline is just moving forward A to B, whatever that is for you is, is cool and, uh, and works. And ultimately I, I love you know, it. So your consumer it. is moving is, is whoever is moving. I love it. Um, totally. And other brands, I feel like, are, you don't have to talk about specific brands, but other brands are coming out with with shoes that look a lot like Hoka shoes. How, how do you how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, candidly, it's not something I think about a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think the thing that I get jazzed about is, and I think you you got a little bit of the sneak peeks in terms of you know what is coming down the pipe when you're um, with our product teams um, over the course of the last week. It's there's a whole lot more that still exists out there that I think mm -hmm. can make that idea of movement better. Um, and ultimately our focus and our product team's focus should really be on a, hey, what else exists out there in terms of design, in terms of materializations um, that can deliver that in terms of fit. Um, so for me, it's listen, um, if there's individuals out there that are imitating um, it's okay. Um, 
but I, for us, it's really the, the focus is on the future and what else can we do um, as a brand and, and really just deliver even better products than where we are today. And, and you have been on a rocket ship for 13 years. Is there more you can do? I mean, are, are you reaching the ceiling? I know this is going to what the answer is going to be here, but I just want to ask you anyway. Is there more? Is there more that you, is there more consumers out there who can experience your product? Is there more that Hoka can do? Yeah, I think you, you, if you don't believe that every single day when you get up and like go to work, there's probably a point at which you're flatlining to some degree. Sure. Uh, I mean, that to me is like, I believe that in 2010, 2011, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm pretty sure I'm going to believe it in 23. Um, you know, I mean, that that's the thing that keeps you motivated, right? Like to get out there and get after it. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's no, I think, shortage of motivation. Um, and, and that's not just for me by any means. That's literally, you know, an individual that's on our go-to-market team, an individual that's a product line manager, um, an individual that's, you know, uh, showing up and, you know, doing uh, consumer-facing activation at your store, um, mm -hmm. regardless of who the individuals are on our teams. They're hungry, they're motivated, um, and that, that's part of what keeps you jazzed too. Well, it's been an awesome run, man. And I, I'm not going to take a lot of your time. I appreciate you. I really appreciate this, Steve. We had Karen on. She explained UTMB. Um, anything else you want to say about the UTMB, uh, uh, partnership before we kind of get out of here? Um, this is the, the 25 races. It's not just in Chaminade, France. I mean, this is a, this is a commitment for you guys. This is something you see as, as Hoka partnering with UTMB for years to come. Correct. Totally. I think that the, the one thing I, I would say, and the one thing I know that the UTMB, uh, team is focused on is bringing more races, uh, to the U.S. And that's probably the thing that I'm singularly most excited about. I've had the privilege of seeing that energy firsthand, just as you did, mm -hmm. um, to be able to harness that, to bring that sort of passion, to bring that community. Um, yeah, I think that that is probably the, the piece that I want to support that group um, with that unlock um, over the yep. course of the next couple of years, for sure. Well, I really enjoyed it. I got to thank you and the team. Uh, and on a personal note, got to really enjoy connecting with you. You know, I first day I, we were there, I got to tell this story real quick. I had you, I knew you as one of the first employees on the U.S. side, had no idea that you were fluent in French. So somebody was looking, there was somebody who was there who, who spoke English and it wasn't even part of our group. And they were trying to, negotiate and navigate the ATM. And, and so they said, does anybody over here know French? And I was like, ah, no, sorry. And then you, and then somebody said, well, no, Steve does. And he went right over there and helped her pull out money. Uh, <laughs> do you remember this? It probably happened. Yeah, I totally do. Yeah, no, totally do. Totally do. Um, so it just, I am, I am terrible at, at I'm, I'm, I've had a hard time with the English language. So somebody who's bilingual like that is, is just incredible to me. Um, but you, you grew up, uh, just real quick on your backstory, you grew up uh, in, in, in France and all over the world, right? Uh, yeah, the U.S. and France are the only two places, but okay. I was gotcha. born in France, lived there until I was six. Uh, yep. We went back for two years when I was 11 and really kudos to my mom. Um, she made sure that we did not forget We've got our grammar lessons. We have somebody speaking to us in French on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, now I, I mean, I'm in my mid forties. So it, yeah. there was a gap there where I didn't speak French very often at all. Um, and it has come back to be incredibly useful. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah, and, and you can do more than just order a drink or help somebody at the ATM. You're like, you can have a conversation with, with somebody, which is amazing to me. So props to props to mom doing thank you well done yeah yeah totally. <laughs> Allie Doolin delivering again yes all right dude this has been fantastic I know you had to squeeze in through a lot of different things you're in Italy now you're traveling all over man I really appreciate it uh what a great week and congratulations on all the success and thank you for a few minutes Thanks, of your time uh, it's, it's been, been awesome uh connecting and we will we will talk to you soon no Support, stoked to be able to support and uh, yeah, happy to have uh, made the time to come on. And awesome. That's time with you. All right. There you go. Steve Doolin. He is, uh, let me, let me get this right again. It's a mouthful. The VP of Co global commercial strategy at Hoka. And he does a little bit of everything there, including speak French, which is amazing to me. All right. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. Thanks, Chris. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and DC, 
For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to our two guests today, Karen Merlin. She is UTMB's World Series Marketing and Communication Manager, and of course, we just had Steve Doolin on. Uh, Steve is the VP Global Commercial Strategy at Hoka. Um, awesome, awesome guests today. Thank you to both of them. Uh, big props to UTMB for pulling off what was an amazing week, all those races in Chaminade and um, a lot of awesome, more awesome races to come, which will all be sponsored by Steve's brand Hoka, uh, which, uh, you know, supported me going out there. Uh, it was a great, great trip. Uh, it got me fired up to, I've done one fifty miler in the past, you know, uh, the audience knows I'm a marathon runner and I run a marathon every year. That's well-documented almost too much, but I was kind of inspired Maybe not to run the whole 107 mile one, run, walk, hike, whatever it is, but maybe, maybe something around the 50 mile range up in those mountains. Um, there was something about it that really uh, inspired me and drew me to uh, thinking about that for, for in the future. Um, but that's in the future, in the future. Um, I got to get through a six year old, a four year old, and a one year old. Uh, but, uh, Anyways, it was it was a great week, an inspiring week. I urge you, if you're a runner, if you're not, go. Uh, if you get a chance to go out there, it's it was uh, it was a great trip. And and I'll say this too. One more thing about Chamonix, like if you're the, in the D.C. area, I flew from Dulles to Geneva, Switzerland, and it's Geneva, Switzerland is an hour and ten minutes to Chamonix. It literally took me door to door. 13 hours. So if you want to go to a beautiful place and, or if you want to go on a ski trip, if you go to a ski trip somewhere in Colorado, it may take you 10 hours to finally get there. This was 13 hours door to door. So it's not as far as I actually thought. Now, maybe a little more expensive. Um, maybe you can ask Steve and the Hoka crew to support you, uh, which is also pretty nice when that happens. But I do think it's not that bad of a trip. Uh, for me, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. And if I'm not running out there, maybe I'll head out there for a ski trip with the family. All right. We've been off for a couple of weeks. Thrilled to be back. We've got some great guests in the future. Uh, Julie will be back next time. Uh, we got, we got a lot of talking about where we've been and what we've been doing. Uh, some flooding in the studio, a lot to get into. Um, so look forward to that on future uh, episodes of Pace the Nation. But for now, appreciate you, the listener. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for Chris uh, behind the scenes stoner. This one's been a tough one, man. I really appreciate all you've done. Uh, of course, thanks to our guests, Karen Merlin of UTMB and Steve Doolin of Hoka. All right, for Julie, who's not here, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next time.